It's the podcast at moresportsnow.com, covering both sides of the Hudson. I'm Steve Titchener, alone in our Jersey studio. And on the line, my partners, Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. And it is NFL draft time, gentlemen. And uh, let's get into it. Uh, I'll start with you, Johnny. And I'll say this, you know, big giant fan there. But uh, Gettleman's got a challenge here. And that is if he's going, like many people say, if he wants an offensive lineman, there's four offensive linemen that are going to go in the first round. You're going to get one of them. So if there's a suitor who wants that fourth pick, why wouldn't you trade down and get some picks later in the draft? I think, And Gettleman has never done this, John. But maybe no. this year is the, the year to do it, unless unless he's interested maybe in in Justin Herbert. There's some talk about that. It might be a smokescreen. It might be a ruse. Or is it possible that Joe Judge wants his own quarterback? You never know. So there could be a surprise out there. Well, if, that, if they make that pick, I'll be even more surprised <laughs> than I was when they drafted Daniel Jones uh, last year at that uh, with their top pick in the first round. I think that that is just... Um, gentleman, you know, feigning love for him, showing that, uh, you know, anybody that is looking for a quarterback, hey, we're open for business here. If he makes that pick, then I'll turn off the television set. I don't think that's going to happen. But you're right. You hit on uh, the conundrum there is do you stay at four or do you try to move down? I really hope that he uh, finds someone that wants to move up because I would like to see the Giants move down. This is a deep draft, and he traded away a couple of good picks some third rounder and I think a fifth rounder when they brought in um, Leonard Williams from the Jets. So I think he has the opportunity if he can find somebody around nine or 10, um, if he can move down there, he'd still be able to get one of the tackles that you're looking for. And that would be the position if I, if I were to go and he had to stay up for, I would take a tackle. Although Isaiah Simmons is an amazing defensive player and all you have to do is watch Clemson play these last three or four years. Number 11 is everywhere. So if he's the highest rated player on their, on their board, Gettleman always likes to say he'll, he'll draft the highest player on his board. He might wind up taking him, but Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley could really use a a plug and play offensive tackle. Well, it's a spot that he's been looking to fill for uh, a while now, that offensive line, has gaps everywhere you look and you need somebody on that left side for sure. So uh, I I think that he's going to go, uh, particularly since so many people are talking about how deep this is on the offensive line, deep of the draft, that he'll go with one of those guys. And I know a lot of people are focused on the kid from Alabama, but our good friend uh, Pat Leonard has uh, been in on, on the Georgia guy as being maybe more likely so uh, we'll see. But to me, I don't I I guess because there are so many line linemen, he can drop down and, and make a deal and pick up some extra picks and still get a pretty good one. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if a deal is made, but that's not been his M.O. So we'll see. And, you know, that's the point. You know, these four linemen that are all going to go in the first round here. If you look at all the mock drafts, and let's face it, guys, we're not on the sidelines watching these guys play. It's tough to make a call. You got to kind of like read the experts or or the non-experts, as there's plenty of them. And you read these mock drafts, and it is all over the place. We know that we got uh, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, Mekhi Becton from Louisville, this ki- the kid from Georgia you just mentioned, uh, Andrew Thomas from Georgia, and then this Jedrick Wills from Alabama. 
all over the place. I mean, one to four, four to one. I mean, they're all over the place. So the point being that if Gettleman has that spread, although you know he's probably in love with one of them, there's probably one of those those uh, offensive linemen that's ideal in their system. Who would know? And they're probably uh, and because also if you look at what the who the Giants are picking, it's across the board. They got all four of those offensive linemen. If you read a lot of these mock drafts that are, that are out there, so the point is is that if he can get one of them, why not try? Um, try to uh, get a few more picks and get one of the guys later, unless unless he really, John, covets one of those particular offensive linemen. You know what they did is late in the season, and listen, I'm a Giants fan that was looking into the future, and when they were winning those games late, you know, I, I didn't want to say I wanted them to tank the season, but with each win, you, you moved one further step away from the top of the draft, and I remember late in the season, they played Washington down in Washington. And I think Daniel Jones threw at least five touchdown passes. He was amazing. And he, he brought them back and they wound up winning the game late on a, on a tremendous play that, that he made. And all they did with that win was flip-flop. So here's what they did. They enabled the Redskins to move ahead of them. So they're going to draft Chase Young. So now the Giants will have to maybe address that move. And as Matt said, bring in um, Andrew Thomas because he played left tackle both the last two years. All the other linemen that, that are up front there were all right tackles. So Andrew Thomas is a guy who has played left tackle. He could be the guy that because the Giants won that late game, they will certainly pick so that he can block Chase Young, whom they could have drafted had they lost that game to the Redskins way back when. Yeah, I think that uh, Young is just going to be a dynamic player and the Giants may rue the day that they don't have, particularly a division foe. I know I was reading earlier today that um, the Bengals, while they're all set for Burrow, uh, that Carson Palmer said they should go with Chase Young. That Young is a guy that impacts 16, you know, plays uh, a game. You know, he'll have 16, 17 sacks, maybe more. Uh, that he's in on every play. He's got an engine that revs. And while he knows, does uh, Palmer that you need a quarterback, he thinks that they've got one in Andy Dalton. And, you know, why take a chance on Joe Burrow? But I think Burrow will go number one. I think Washington uh, is licking its chops. And, and, and Chase Young, the Ohio State guy, will be playing for the Redskins. So, yeah, you know, it, it's hard to tell athletes to lose, though, man. It's really hard. And I know it's been done, and we can pick a bunch of times when it occurred and it benefited teams, but it's really, really hard to say you, you can't, you shouldn't win this game. I mean, it's all about trying. It's all about the moment. Uh, but yeah, there are consequences, I guess, to trying your best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about the picks surrounding the giants. So you, the, the, the lines are third and there it's possible. They may, uh, make a trade here because you've got both the Dolphins and the Chargers who want a quarterback. And so they may get a, they may want to jump that pick and get into the third or fourth spot so they can get the uh, the quarterback that they want. And of course, you know, you know, uh, you know, Joe Burrow obviously is going first, but you've got, uh, you know, to a tag of Viola. And nice. easy for you to say. Yeah, right? no, man. Just calling Tua and uh, and Justin Tua. and Justin Herbert are out there, 
And, uh, you know, both Miami and the Chargers uh, like both those quarterbacks. So they, 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 they may want to get into that third or fourth spot. Either yeah. uh, either the and now the Dolphins got what uh, the Dolphins Dolphins have a lot of picks here. And so yeah. they got a lot to offer. So, again, you, you think that Gettleman and the thing is, he's never done it. But, you know, what does that say? You should try if you're able to get a, a, the right deal. Now, is there a more polarizing player in this year's draft than Tua Tagovailoa? I mean, you look at him and you, you hear some people. I was reading Trent Dilfer said he's the best quarterback prospect he's ever seen on tape, mm-hmm. by bar none. And then other people are saying he's he's an accident waiting to happen. He's injury prone. He can never stay healthy, which has been true. But guys, when he's on the field, he he really can do some things. I mean, he's a terrific talent. Another thing, left-handed quarterbacks don't necessarily have all that much success in the NFL. You know, you don't, you don't see too many of them. Um, but there's a guy that could, could go, you know, three, four, or in that range to one of those teams, or he could slide down through the first round. I mean, there's not a, there's not a green room for him to be sitting in, but he could have been a guy that maybe would sit in that green room that would slide. What do you think, Matt? Do you see him going early or do you think he's going to slide a little bit? I wouldn't be surprised if he slides a little bit, John. Um, I, I think that his injury history, as you mentioned, is a part of it. But I also think a part of it is who's really had a chance to have a lot of workouts. I mean, there were campus, you know, um, days, et cetera. But who had the full workup? You know, I mean, it's been a, it, it's been stay at home and, and kind of look at film. And, and I think you would be reluctant to take a shot at him for all the benefits you may get by taking him. I don't know if you can run the risk. So uh, I think he is, I think he is a wild card. I think that that's, you know, why uh, Herbert's name has popped up because where are the quarterbacks? If, if Burrow is number one and, and Tua is injury prone and a bit of a risky pick, so uh, it, it will be interesting. Teams need quarterbacks, as I said earlier, but you, you want to make sure if you're, you're Miami and, and you're sitting that high in the draft of the number five pick that you come along with somebody that you absolutely are sure of. So that's why I'm, I'm not sure what will happen there. And then if he, you know, if, if Miami passes up on him uh, or trades back, it might be, you know, a while before he does go because other teams either have quarterbacks or they've got other needs. And, and, you know, he could be, as you said, in other circumstances, that guy that they keep looking at and go, well, there he is. You know, the room is getting emptier and emptier. And there he is. He still sits there. Somebody's got to take him. He might be lucky that this is a virtual draft this year uh-huh. because yeah, he could be uh, sitting there with his, with his loved ones and his girlfriend and whoever else comes along with him. I don't know whether Nick Saban uh, will be there. The, the coaches are usually there, but yeah, he could be someone that slides. It'll be interesting to uh, to see if there's a team out there that really loves him. And um, who knows? Maybe he could slide all the way down to the Patriots, who oh by the way need a quarterback. 
But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. They're always active. Yeah, but you've got to be concerned yeah. with that injury. I mean, that that was a bad injury. I mean, it dislocated his hip. I mean, it wasn't a Bo Jackson type injury, obviously. I mean, he's going to, you know, and, and he's supposed to make 100% recovery. We've heard that before, right? So, I mean, there there's definitely a concern. Um, uh, on Tua with that, uh, with how bad that injury was, and and whether he is still mobile and whether he's completely one hundred percent healthy. I mean, there's questions there. Absolutely, and especially if you're gonna you're gonna use a a top pick on the guy. I mean, if you're gonna use a top ten pick on him, he had better be healthy and ready to go. And and as Matt said, you know, because of the shutdown, because of the pandemic, no one's been able to really get out there and, and, you know, get your hands on anybody. Uh, they had the, um, they had the combine, but a lot of the players, I mean, Tua didn't throw when he was there. I don't think he ran. I think right. they were waiting for their pro days. Yeah. A lot of guys weren't able to do their pro days. So you don't want to say that these GMs and these teams are going to get, you know, uh, a mea culpa if they pick a guy that's, you know, maybe not ready to roll, but, a lot of this is kind of going in, not blind. They have enough tape of players. You can see them through the years on the field. But this is one year where they haven't really had a chance to do so much of their due diligence. I know they've had interviews with them, like the virtual interview where you're on uh, Zoom with the guy and the coach is there and you're talking about this and that. But that's different than going out and breaking bread with somebody and having a conversation and just sort of getting a feel for what the guy's like sitting across the table from you, whether he can make eye contact, whether, you know, he's listening and whatnot. So it's going to be tough. It's uh, it's a whole new world, as they like to say, and someone might like the guy and, and rush up to get him. And uh, he might not make it. Uh, he might last until the, uh, the mid teens or so. So we'll see. I'm curious as to see what the NFL is going to do about this draft besides having the commissioner working out of his home. You know, are we going to see what would have been green room type shots? Are we going to have cameras in players' homes? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. Is it going to be pablum or are they going to try uh, to make this as exciting as can be? absent the fact that there won't be any crowds uh, watching it. Well, the cool thing is, is that you, you know, nowadays, you know, you got, everybody's got a camera on their laptop, so you don't have to get the, you know, cameras in the, uh, into their living room and such. Obviously I think, uh, uh, Roger Goodell have a, a, a setup in his basement that, uh, you know, that's uh, broadcast quality. But then when you're going to say, you know, uh, when you go to Joe Burrow as the first pick, uh, you know, if he's at home in, in front of me, everybody's kind of used to that now since this whole pandemic started to everybody's doing, you know, the, the, the tonight show is and and all the daytime shows are all, um, you know, in people's living rooms and, and on, a lot of people are on their desktops and all that. So I think we're going to see that he's probably going to be, you know, in front of his desk top and uh he'll talk about or maybe that maybe the top picks maybe they will get some sort of setup in their living room or whatever i don't know but a lot of these uh a lot of these picks i'm sure will have um just be ha- have desktops and they'd be talking right into the into you know kind of the way they you know zoom the way zoom does a meeting it be kind of kind of the same thing i mean how how much more can you do really yeah i think they'll probably have some you know back in the in the main shop, they'll have the B-roll rolling underneath. They'll have all the highlights of all of that. But as you said, Steve, they're going to say, hey, let's go out to the Burroughs, um, you know, living room where Joe is surrounded by his, 
his family here and it'll be him on his iPhone or him on, you know, mm-hmm. one of those um, other sort of cameras that you can do. And, and it's just going to be interviews like that. I would think, as you mentioned, it's like a lot of the different TV shows or, or the, um, you know, the musicians have been doing stuff on TV to try and raise some money where it's, you know, guys, bands or solo artists just in their living room and they're recording um, recording some of their songs and they, and they send it back. So yeah, we're, we're in a whole new realm here, but I guess one person that will be happy tonight, Matt, will probably be commissioner Goodell because he's not going to hear any booze every time he shows his face, <laughs> right? Well, they said that uh, they might, I, I heard earlier, they were talking about piping in the booze to give it a sense of realism, which really would be over the top for me, but you never know. And you're right. That's been part of draft lore uh, recently. And so we'll, we'll see if, we'll see if that's maintained uh, in tonight's form or uh, on tomorrow night's format, Thursday's format. But those are some of the questions we won't know. Here's the thing. What do you think the uh, Jets are going to do as we look down the list a little bit? I think their needs are on the offensive line as well. Do you think that any of those big names, those, uh, big tackles that we talked about get that far. Can the Jets fill the need there? I think so. And, 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 and as, as talented as these four guys that we're talking about are, one of them will be there at 11 for the Jets. But what I'm reading uh, quite a bit is they're also interested in there's, there's some talented wide receivers in this draft as well. Uh, C.D. Lamb being one of them from Oklahoma. You got uh, Jerry Judy from uh, Alabama and Henry Ruggs from Alabama, too. So you got those super talented guys from Alabama and the kid and the kid from Oklahoma. And they're on a lot of their boards, too, because that's a need for uh, for the Jets as well. Well, I think you're, you're hitting on it. Matt's right. And, and you as well. Uh, that's the conventional wisdom. And, and either way, I think uh, Sam Darnold will have a big old smile on his face because he's either going to get someone that's going to protect his backside in one of the tackles, or he's going to get someone that can, can get open down the field. Remember they lost uh, Robbie Anderson recently. So he really doesn't have too many people. I would not be surprised if they took one of those stud wide receivers because he really has nobody right now to throw to. I mean, you look at their, their depth chart and it's, it's pretty slim. So while you do need big guys and, and big people, you know, rule this game, um, you know, you need him upright. The Jets did address their offensive line in free agency a little bit. They brought in a couple of guys. Um, it'll be, if they go best player available, then maybe one of those wide receivers is the pick. It will be interesting. Joe Douglas's first um, decision here with the, with the Jets. And uh, as I, while I don't know which it'll be, it'll be one of those two positions. I'd be surprised if it was anything else, unless a real stud slipped down to them where they are. Yeah, that would be the big surprise if it wasn't a lineman or a wide receiver. Uh, I think that they're hopeful of getting a lineman. I think uh, it's not easy to find stud wide receivers. We know that. And as you said, John, Darnold doesn't exactly have an outstanding cast to throw to. But I, I think they'll go offensive line first. It's just a matter of whether somebody squeezes one of those guys out earlier. And in which case, then it does drop to a wide receiver and you know, a lot of people talking about, you know, C.D. Lamb and, and how he's such a, you know, big, tough receiver. And he might be perfect for a guy who can throw the ball a long way. And then if you talk about the offensive lineman here, it's not, you know, you know how they're coveted 
well, they've always been coveted, but so much so now, and you know the struggles, John, with the Giants for the last several seasons here. Uh, and so those four guys uh, should go pretty soon. So if they go in the top 10, which is possible, because here it is, it's not just about being a huge, you know, you know what, the size, but there's also now you, now you find an athlete that size. That That is hard to find. That is something that is rare. And, and uh, you know, they're realizing that these offensive linemen ha- are being taken earlier and earlier in the draft. So the possibility of those four guys that we've been talking about being gone um, after 10 is probably not likely. It's probably one to two of them. They're still going to be around. But I think in that case, Matt, they probably would take a wide receiver. But I, I think, yeah, they're going to go with an offensive uh, one of those one of those guys uh, when they're available at 11. What do you think, John? Well, as we know, big men rule this game. I mean, it's a lot of this, not, nothing really gets going unless you can take care of business in the trenches. That means either opening holes for your offense, uh, for your running backs to get going, or giving your quarterbacks time to, uh, you know, survey the field and, and, and find someone down the field. So um, it will be interesting. I've seen a couple of mock drafts where the Giants not only take one of the uh, offensive linemen with their number one pick, but also with their second round pick, which is the fourth pick into the second round. I've seen some mock drafts that have them drafting a center because they've had a revolving door at center the last couple of years that John Jalapio seems to get hurt all the time. He's been pretty good when he's in there. Spencer Pulley is someone who manned the position last year, but he's not, you know, really a, uh, a stalwart up front. So there's some talk that the Giants could go big, big hog mollies with both of their first round picks. Um, but they too need wide receivers. I mean, Sterling Shepard is probably one concussion away from having to make a decision on his career. He has them all the time. Uh, Evan Ingram is terrific, but he doesn't seem to stay on the field. Darius Slayton was a, was a revelation last year. But other than that, they don't have too many pass catchers. So they might be going wide receiver because it's supposedly a very, very deep wide receiver draft. And so um, it'll be interesting to see uh, which direction they go in after their first round pick. Matt, what are some other teams that you're going to key on? Um, and and see what they do. And anybody stick out in your mind? Maybe the Pats or anyone yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, here I got two thoughts. One, see what New England does. It, it's so different, right? No quarterback, and uh, which way are they going to go? And I'm also, I, it's not a pro team, but I want to see what Rutgers does. Uh, who might come out of Rutgers just because of our local interest in them, and and then along that note uh, Jersey kids and, and where they go. But I'm curious to see if, if Rutgers has a, a few kids that will go and where they go. I mean, we're, if we're talking the first round, that's not going to happen, but you know, as we know, you make your money, not so much as a player, but as a, a GM in the later rounds. I mean, if you go back and take a look at some of the first rounds uh, where we've had a clear idea of whether player can make it or not, I think you'll see that, you know, it's not a crapshoot, but it's, it's hardly a home run for these guys who were selected in the first round. Anyway, so those, those are the, those are kind of the side notes that I'm looking at. Yeah. And you got uh, Elorm Loomer who came out early at a, another year of eligibility. He was one of the better defensive players for Rutgers and he's hoping to get drafted. Obviously someone whispered in his ear and said that, uh, that, that you would go and that would likely be uh, the later rounds, but we'll have to see 
what happens with him. One thing that's really interesting and kind of coming off the draft a little bit is, and that's uh, how about Gronk to Tampa Bay? Uh, so the theater is getting very interesting down there in in, in South Florida with uh, him joining Tom Brady down there. So that should be. Uh, it sounds like this is going to be some fun down there to see what can happen, to see if Tom Brady and Gronk can elevate Tampa Bay to a championship level team and then see what Belichick on his own now in New England without Brady, whether he can keep up what he's been doing for years. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff, I think, going into this year's season. Yeah, that Gronkowski thing caught me by surprise. I, I did not uh, see that coming. And Look at the Pats get a fourth round pick for him. I mean, they did pretty well. You yeah. know, they did pretty well with that. But, you know, what is Gronk? I think I read he's 31 years old, and that guy has been beaten up. You want to talk about Tua being injury prone and hurt? Gronk has had some serious injuries. I mean, he's been really banged up. And, you know, how much mileage does he have left? Brady's 43. Okay, he signed a two year deal, and Gronkowski said he's probably going to play out. He has one year left on his contract at nine or $10 million. It looks to me like Tampa Bay is pushing all their chips into the middle of the table. They are going to go for it now in, in these next two years because, let's face it, Brady's not going to be playing you know much past two years after that. So they are pushing all their chips front. So it'll be interesting to see. They'll have a terrific offense. I mean, that offense could be great with 2,000-yard receivers there. You know, you add Gronkowski to the mix, O.J. Howard, and, you know, Brady, if they can keep him upright, I, I, I see where Tampa Bay is probably going to take an offensive lineman in the first round to, to watch Tom's backside. But, uh, yeah, Steve, that, that was interesting, and, and it will be it'll be fun to watch what goes on down in Tampa once this gets rolling again. Yeah, we'll see what other trades are made, too, I think. That's part of the draft scenario as well as teams look to move up or down and who may go. So, yeah, there's always there's always interesting stories. And, yeah, the Gronk thing was just amazing. And now admit it, you know, with the draft, you know, offensive linemen are necessary, but it doesn't really fire you up. The skill positions or like a dynamic defensive player usually fires you up more. You know, in the case of the Giants, John, you'd mentioned that Isaiah Simmons, you know, a hell of a linebacker for Clemson would be nice fit with the Giants for sure. And then even with Matt, when you're talking about some of those wide receivers as well, you know, kind of pumps you up. But, you know, you do have to protect your quarterback and you do have to block and you do have to open up holes for your running back. So offensive linemen are pretty important. But, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, we got that guy. You know, hopefully he'll hold hold off some defensive linemen. But it doesn't really get you really pumped up. Or does it, Johnny? Well, let me tell you, as bad as the Giants were last year, their offense wasn't the main culprit. Their defense was abysmal last year. They were defenseless. They couldn't stop anybody. They can't really get to the quarterback. Um, and and in free agency, they brought in Blake Martinez, a, a good linebacker. They brought in Kyle Fackrell. I don't know too much about him. Two guys from Green Bay. They brought in uh, a defensive back, Bradbury. And hopefully those guys will help. But the name of the game is getting to the quarterback. And they haven't been able to do that in many years. I don't know whether Simmons, is, you know, he's not a, uh, an edge rusher, but he's an all-over-the-field uh, uh, linebacker who, who, as I mentioned, when you put on the games Clemson the last couple of years, he's everywhere. He, he's that guy. And so, you know, there's some people that think he might be the, 
the best overall talent in this draft. And, and Gettleman says if he pictures a guy wearing a yellow jacket, he'll take him. So it'll be interesting to see if he'll pass him up because he should be on the board there at four when the Giants pick. What do you think, Matt? Do you think that they could pull a fast one there and, and, and pick Mr. Simmons? I would say it's, it's possible. Here's the thing. You know, we're, it's it's fun for us to watch, but we don't even know 89% of the players who are going to be drafted, let alone uh, who are on somebody's draft board. Um, so that's why I like to just sit back and, and let it go. I don't d- dive deep into the draft because, uh, like, really, a sixth-round pick out of – you know, Southern Texas University. I have no idea who this guy is. And so I, I wait for it to play out. Uh, I, I've just seen it so often in sports where the draft is certainly hyped. It's an important part of any league's calendar, but the jump is pretty big. So I, I tend only to see where some of the top guys go, and, and, and that's about it. I, I, I don't have much interest past the first round, quite frankly, uh, yeah. because I don't, I don't recognize most of these guys. Come on, Mel Kuyper Jr. Get into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all goes down guys in literally, I guess in Roger Goodell's uh, basement, I guess he's got a nice one. So it's uh, it starts 8 PM uh, Thursday night uh, for $30 million a year. He better have a nice he, I, I bet he does. Yeah, and, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Hey, can I make one last more. comment, Steve, yeah, you about go, the Giants? Go run. That uh, Dave Gettleman is not very tech-savvy, they say. He's not a you know big computer guy and all this stuff. My only hope was with the first-round pick, he doesn't hit the wrong button and draft like the punter from uh, – <laughs> You know, Cal Sam Louis Abispo instead of uh, well again, really you know, it, but Daniel Jones surprised you. Could you see something like them maybe going for Justin Herbert, maybe to to uh, trade him or something? I don't know. Is there something out there, John or Matt? Do Never. you think there's a surprise there, even with the Jets? I can't imagine that. No, that would be that would be the stunner of all stunners, unless unless they had a prearranged deal. You know, kind of like when they picked Eli. And that whole thing went down. Um, I can, Matt, did you ever see that? Not a chance. No. In a word. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot has to do with what Detroit does. I guess they like this cornerback uh, from Ohio State, Jeff Akuto, because across the board, they're, they're saying that he's going, but, but they might they may do something there, which uh, may could change the, the top of the draft. Uh, to a certain extent, but uh, it'll be interesting. That'll be where the drama is and whether Gettleman tries to get to a couple extra picks and gets a, one of these linemen, one of these offensive linemen later, uh, deeper in the first round. So a lot of uh, interesting things, a little, a lot of interesting um, possibilities. Do the Jets try to trade up and try to, I don't know, do they have something up their sleeve? There's always something interesting that happens, in, certainly in the first round. So, And then I, I'm, you know, I'm locked into like the first and second round, but just like Matt says, once you get down to like five, the fifth and sixth round. I mean, I, there's some diehards that are out there just following the whole thing. I'm like, okay, just, you know, Hey, well, who's your team follow up? Okay. Who'd they take? Uh, but, uh, but the first couple rounds are really a lot of fun. Again, it goes down tomorrow, uh, night, uh, Thursday night. Um, hey, you know, the other thing, Steve, the giants have the, uh, they have the last pick in the draft too. So they have Mr. Irrelevant. They'll be, they'll be choosing Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> the last guy so, chosen. Oh, that's great. Do you have a guy in mind? Do either of you have a guy in mind? Maybe the Ruck, maybe our Rutgers, uh, d- d- defensive lineman, uh, linebacker. Yeah, let's get a Rutgers defensive a lineman is Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> oh no. 
Uh, so uh, w- w- I guess we'll see. Hey, listen, you can hear our uh, podcast now. We're on a lot of different directories now. We're on we're on Spotify, which is great. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on uh, Stitcher. And of course, we've been on iTunes all along. So they're all places because I, I looked us up on Spotify and it was really, all you got to do is, you know, you search more sports now on Spotify and boom, we come up and it's in, in order and it's nice and organized. And now I have it on my favorites list. So whenever we, like your, um, your minute piece, uh, yesterday, John popped up on my Spotify, which 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 is cool. So it's nice to use different uh, different ways to get the show. And of course, we're on all of those uh, all of those uh, spots. So uh, keep that in mind. Check out our site too, moresportsnow.com. We're all on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. So check that out as well. And of course, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll have uh, Pat Leonard on. We're going to follow up uh, on the draft. He's the beat writer for the Giants uh, for the Daily News, and uh, we'll have him on, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So uh, check us out uh, next week. I'm Steve Titchener for Matt Lachlan and uh, John McAlevey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.